Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Scary Stories for the Soul. We've been taught to believe that fairies are beautiful and ethereal creatures. They are beauty and light, with their delicate wings and heavenly faces. They represent playfulness and the majesty that is magic and wonder. It's hard to think of them as anything other than wonderful when they have Tinkerbell as a spokesperson. But those of us who spend our lives researching the supernatural, those of us who purposefully delve into the mysterious and paranormal, know that this isn't the case. The fae folk are not to be trifled with. They aren't always beauty and light. Sometimes they are brutal tricksters who take delight in your misfortune and confusion. We humans are playthings to them, so it's best for us to stay clear of them and their places of dwelling, worship, and play. These places are known as fairy rings, and if there is any rule that you should abide by on this earth, it's not to disturb one. A fairy ring, in practical terms, is a naturally occurring ring of mushrooms or other foliage that frequently appears in forest lands. They can also manifest as rings of dark green grass or dead grass. But according to British and Irish folklore, they are portals to another world, to the world of the fairies. Early 20th century Irish tradition states that fairies and elves occupy the majority of their time dancing and singing around forests, particularly around hawthorn trees, and this continuous partying results in the creation of a fairy ring. The energy and power that these beings exert transforms the ring into a direct port into their home. The prospect of being magically transported to a world inhabited by fairies and elves doesn't necessarily sound like a bad thing. Who wouldn't want to catch a glimpse of a world filled with fairies? But before you get too excited, the fairies don't want you there, and there are strict punishments for those who disturb their world by entering or disturbing a fairy ring. British and Irish folklore states that those who enter a fairy ring are doomed to die young, while other tales tell of curious interlopers who step into a ring and become invisible to the human eye. They are doomed to watch as life goes on without them, unable to leave the ring, unable to call for help, but still growing old and weak until their death. Mortals who have dared as far as to join in on a fairy dance around the ring have found that once their merry dance is over, more time has passed than they expected. What felt to them like mere seconds or minutes actually turned out to be weeks, months, even years. And those who have dared to dry and destroy a fairy ring can either be doomed to a life's worth of bad luck, or the much worse punishment of being dragged down to the world of the fae, where they are used as slaves, or puppets, playthings for the fairies' amusement. British and Irish folklore is so clear on the ramifications of entering a fairy ring that even now, in the 21st century, 
it is a well-known fact that one should never enter or disturb one. Just walk around it. Beware of it, lest you become a cautionary tale. And with that being said, Scary Stories for the Soul presents Practical Paul and the Fairy Ring. There isn't much that I believe in that I can't see with my own eyes or touch with my own hands. Ghosts, spirits, religion in general. It flies over my head like birds scattering from treetops. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just not the creative type, the imaginative type. I've always been practical to a fault. Practical to a point where someone could call me boring and I wouldn't take offense to it. It's who I am. And I've come to terms with that. At 27 years old, all my friends knew me as Practical Paul. Practical Paul, who always brings extra tissues anywhere he goes. Who always suggests going somewhere quiet rather than somewhere bustling and loud. Practical Paul, who will only dress up for Halloween on his friend's insistence, but will never say no to them. It's who I am, or rather, who I was. Practical Paul. November of 2010 marked my friend Allison's 30th birthday. As someone who never equated age to accomplishments, I didn't see what the big deal was. But turning 30 for her meant everything. It meant the closing of a large chapter and the beginning of another one. So what better way to ring in that important new change in her life than by taking an important and new trip? A trip to some place that she had never visited before, but had always wanted to go to. Ireland. I had no plan set up for the month, and nothing holding me back from saying no. So on November 3rd, Allison and myself, along with three other friends, bought our tickets. And by November 7th, we were on a plane to County Mayo, Ireland. Allison was a superstitious and adventurous young woman. She delighted in all things supernatural and paranormal, while still keeping a respectful and cautious distance. She went to haunted houses and attended seances, but never called on things herself. In her own words, she was a delightful spectator, not a reckless instigator. So the plan in Ireland was to visit thin places. Places where the veil between our world and the other world was at its thinnest. I, being practical Paul, obliged her in her party request, but didn't see much stock in visiting these places when there was so much more that we could be seeing and experiencing. What if we don't see anything? I asked her. We had touched down in County Mayo and were sipping drinks at the hotel bar after spending hours unpacking and settling in. Then, we don't see anything, she replied brightly, but at least we got to experience the possibility of it. Our first stop was Kong Woods. 
Even I, as a person who didn't give himself over to whimsical, magical things, couldn't deny the majesty of the forest around us. The trees stretched up high, with their branches interlacing above us, creating a canopy where little light could reach in. It smelled of rich soil and fallen leaves, and nearby, I could hear stream bubbling by. It was beautiful, for lack of a better and more articulate term. Beautiful enough where even someone such as myself could imagine walking into those woods and never willfully coming out. Lost in the woods, I thought. Lost into its blissful wilderness, where nothing could reach me, nothing could touch me or break my reverie. The woods were silent, with nothing but the sound of Allison's camera snapping away. The air was cold, and the longer we walked, the more I noticed that we were no longer on a marked trail. Practical Paul emerged with full force. Allison, we aren't following a path. Without turning around, she said, I know. Shouldn't we be? Her sister May asked. Not if you already know where you're going. You know where you're going? I asked her incredulously. I know what I want to find, so I'm going to keep walking until I find it. The atmosphere around us grew tense. May and the others were not entirely on board with the idea of roaming around aimlessly in a forest that they had never been to in a country that they had never been to, without a way of finding their way out. When a trail appeared to the left of us, they insisted we take it and find our way back out before we became more lost than we already were. Take it if you want, but I'm going to keep walking, Allison had said, not sparing anyone a second glance. You guys go, I instructed May. I'll stay with her. In my head, at that moment, I had known that I was the best person to stay with our Allison. Someone with a flighty heart and a head full of wonder needed to be with someone pragmatic and reasonable. Someone who could get them out of a pinch when their imagination got the best of them. So I stayed. I continued to walk behind her as we dove further and further into the woods. Before long, what little light shone through the dark green leaves overhead disappeared and was replaced by the shadows brought on by dusk. A chill spread through the air. Fog curled around our ankles. What exactly are you looking for? Allison stopped walking and turned to look at me with a small mischievous smile on her face. Very. She whispered, conspiratorially. I should have known as much. According to folklore, they love this forest. I resisted the urge to roll my eyes, but continued to walk with her as she rattled off fairy facts. Mid-step, Allison stopped in her tracks, sending me colliding into her back. What is it? I asked. Fairy ring, she said in a low voice. 
I stepped around her to look at a perfectly circular ring of mushrooms. Their gray and white speckled caps glimmered with dew as the fog that had settled in mysteriously pooled within the circle. What's a fairy ring? I asked Allison, circling the ring, wondering how the fog was doing that. It's a place where fairies dwell. They dance around for hours and hours and hours, and the magic that they release causes these rings to form. It's said that entering a ring could lead you to the land of the fairies. I thought back to the book that she had bought everyone before our trip, the thick leather-bound volume of Irish folktales. Don't they also say that entering one is bad luck? Allison snapped pictures of the formation while ensuring to keep at least a one-foot distance from it. Yeah, that too. I looked at the ring and looked at my friend. The camera was obscuring part of her face, but I could see her brows furrowed in worry and concentration. Slowly, she lowered the camera and looked around. Paul, she said in a whisper. Can you hear that? I strained my ears to listen, but heard nothing and told her as much. Voices, Paul. Small voices. I listened again, but again heard nothing. You're probably hearing other travel groups. The guide says that this is one of their most popular trails. No, she said, worried now. It's not that. I think we should go. We've disturbed something. We're fine. We haven't touched anything. And if you're that worried, we'll leave. I took a step toward the ring to cross through it, and Allison all but body slammed me back. Are you insane? She shouted in as high a whisper as she could afford. Go around it! She turned away from me and started to make her way carefully around the circle. I stood there, practical Paul in all my practical glory, and thought to myself, This is as good a time as any to break my mold. Hey, Allison, I said with a mischievous smile of my own. She turned around just in time to watch me step into the fairy ring. And then, a curtain of fog crashed down on me. I blinked against its thickness, rubbed my eyes to try and erase its smoky traces from my vision, but nothing worked. I could see Allison in the outskirts of the ring, her eyes wide and frantic. Her lips were moving, but I couldn't make out what she was saying. I made my way over to her, but stopped a few inches short of the perimeter. Paul! She shouted. Jesus, Paul, where are you? She shouted again, her voice cracking against the panic spread across her face. Allison, I'm right here. Stop shouting. I reached a hand over to her, and an electric current ran up the length of my arm. I cursed from the pain. It was my turn to begin to panic. 
Allison? I shouted back. Allison, look at me. I'm right here. I ran full speed towards her, but got bounced back right at the edge of the circle, landing hard on my back. The electric current from before spread throughout my body. I gritted my teeth and lay without moving, waiting for it to pass. Paul? Allison continued to cry out. She ran around the ring, cupping her hands around her mouth to move her voice further out. All throughout her panic ensued. But she never moved closer to the fairy ring. Someone help me! She shouted. I stood up and screamed the same. Screamed until my voice was hoarse and my throat was raw. I pounded my fists against the perimeter of the ring, ignoring the string of electricity every time I made contact with the invisible wall that kept me within the circle. Finally, a group of people wandered in, and Allison launched herself into the arms of the first person she could. You have to help me. My friend Paul, he was just here, and now he's gone. He stepped into the ring. I tried to stop him, but he did it anyway, and, and now he's missing. I have to find him. You have to help me find him. Hush now, darling, a woman with an incredibly bright yellow fanny pack said to her. Where did you see him last? Right here, she shouted. I'm right here, I shouted back. He stepped into the ring? The woman who I could only assume was the trail guide questioned. Yes, Allison said, releasing a frustrated sob. The woman looked into the ring, looked almost directly at me. I held her gaze and watched her squint her eyes. She was trying to see me, but I knew she couldn't. We have to leave the area, she said to Allison. No! We can't just leave him here! We'll come back with the proper authorities, but right now, we need to go. We need to get away from this area. Allison struggled as they moved her away from me. I shouted her name as I watched her disappear through the trees, down the trail, away from my sight. I collapsed to my knees and dropped my head in my hands. I wept, openly and loudly. No one could see me. No one could hear me. We hear you. A cacophony of small voices responded to my internal thoughts. I looked up and was surrounded by minuscule winged creatures. They surrounded the tree branches above me, rested on leaves, and bounced off of flower petals. At first, their glow was too bright for me to discern their actual faces, but then I saw them clearly. Some were beautiful, like tiny angels wrapped in soft, shimmering gossamer fabric. And others were terrifying, scrunched faces and pig noses tufts of hair on the tips of their ears, and fangs hanging below their chins. 
they dove towards me, some biting, some scratching, some tickling and kissing me. I frantically swatted them away from me, but soon enough, it was like being caught in the eye of a tornado of fairies. When they finally stopped, I heard them say in unison, You have trespassed into our circle. Now, you shall never leave. I'm sorry, I pleaded. I'm sorry. Please let me out. I promise to never do it again. I'll, I'll go, and, and I'll warn others not to come into your woods. I will devote my entire life to keeping people away from you. Giggles erupted around me. Silly man, they said. They already know. It is the arrogant few who we trap within our rings. You are now one of the few. But I'm not arrogant. I'm, I'm boring and, and practical and real. It was a mistake. Mistakes have consequences. Now take yours. And in a snap, they were gone. I was left there to wallow in my sorrow. I tried to run, tried to escape. Plenty of times I tried to escape, but nothing ever worked. I screamed, cried, shouted, even sang. I tried everything to get someone to hear me, but no one ever did. I watched Allison return with people, with help, but they never found me. People came and went, police, search parties, pararescues, search dogs, but still nothing. I'll find you, Allison told me. She spoke to the ring as she couldn't see me, but I could see her. Days passed, then weeks, then months, then what I could only imagine or years, time began to mean nothing, and it still means nothing. I sit here in this ring and watch as people pass by. Things change, clothes, the technology people carry, the planes and devices that fly overhead, but I don't. I stay the same. I watch as time and the world leave me behind. Fairies come from time to time and see me. They talk to me and sing to me, but some mock me and pinch me. But they are the only people I know now, if people are what they are. It's odd to say, but they're the only family I have now. But I don't give a pope, because every once in a while, Allison comes by. She sits in front of the ring and tries what she can to break me out. She comes and she talks to me, although I can't talk back. Hope rises in me when she appears because I know 
in my heart that if anyone can break me out, it's Allison. Tune in to new episodes of Scary Stories for the Soul on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to follow Scary Stories for the Soul on Instagram and Twitter, and rate the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any legends, myths, or scary stories you want to see covered on the show, email your ideas to scarystoriesforthesoul2020 at gmail.com. This has been Isabel Cortez. Until next time.